FMX Network Production. You cast me, complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity. All right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motorsport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmix.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. From LBZ, it's Daniel Blair. What's up, buddy? How are you? Pumped about Hangtown, dude. Getting dark side in. Yeah, Looking the Pony Pod coming in. Pony Pod coming yeah. in hot. Someone, right. Someone's got to take care of Pony Pod and, since and you don't. RJ Hampshire cannot keep it on two wheels uh, for two motos. Debate's she over. It. You got to keep it. It's been a long, long night, Steve. I've been doing a lot of media with weeds the past couple hours. Oh, so right. I might have to cut this one <laughs> Stop it. a little bit. I love it. You know, last time I went uh, to uh, e-biking with JB, I pushed him too hard. He went down, Daniel. Did I crashed? I crashed through a rock guard. Couldn't handle yeah. the pressure. I wasn't even... Before you think about taking my job, just know that I have kids. <laughs> they they have to eat. And you really like you need the money. Yeah, Don so, doesn't need the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, right, just right. back off, Good. man. Roger Neen must be really pissed at Coop and Marv. <laughs> you know, I see it on social media and I just scroll past it like whatever. Well, that's one hell of an intro. Thanks for uh, the appreciation. I'm not spending the money to watch a bunch of kneelers play football. <laughs> I'd be hitting the panic button right now. I, yeah, like, screw that. I don't I don't want to go that fast through that section. Well, next time, speak up, man. I'm not a mind reader, you know? And hit the stars align, but nothing really lines up for me ever, so it might not happen. <laughs> that's because I spend too much time on this damn show. Ridgeline sales are off the hook, Ridgeline stuff. <laughs> you know what? I Every time I see one of those in the parking lot at the mall, I think of calling you. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked up, Phil. Do I only have two more of these, or what? Yeah, two more. Really? That's sad. It's kind of starting to like him a little bit. Phil fell short on the track, so he needs to he needs to come through for us for the rest of the year. I'll take it easy on him. He's had a rough year like me, so. <laughs> Good boy. <laughs> I mean, we'll light him up a little bit. But creep. What the fuck is wrong with people? They're losing their minds in this thing, man. They are fucking losing their minds. Because I wanted to go in and get a Slurpee to Dylan. What's up, man? Yo, hey, hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, I just wanted to say, man, uh, great show, and, uh, 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 yeah, man, um... Yeah, great show. Uh, uh, All right, man, thanks for calling. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for coming in. Uh, we got, uh... His name is Generational. Eat shit. He poured gas all over his nuts. I don't know you personally. We've never met. First of all, we have met multiple times. Uh... Oh, wow, okay. Oh, fuck. So now I feel like an asshole. What kind of tyrant are you, Steve? Oh, my God. <laughs> They're balls deep in this just like I am. I'm just coming in hot. You. Do we always need to come in hot? I'm classy. Best interview tonight, DB. Dark side. Really? He was on twice. Maybe get you in there, spin some spanners and stuff. Yeah. Strip a few bolts. Oh. Uh, have some seats <laughs> fall off. Bum for the ORW thing. Uh, could care less about the pulp deal. May as well be called the fucking dark side pod. What's up? Here we go. We are back with another Pulp Mix wrap-up show. 
or maybe we just call it the uh, let's try peer pressure dark, dark side into cutting as ponytail. Either way, I'm Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show, and I'm really looking forward to wrapping up show 476. Let me introduce my guest so we can get this thing going. First up, returning to the wrap-up show, brought to you by Guts Racing from MCR Smart Top Honda Factory Mechanic. I, I'm calling it Factory Man because you guys are elite level team. Mr. Nick McCampbell, what's up, Nick? Not a lot, Dark Side. We're out in the shop, just plug, plugging away on a Wednesday. Um, yeah, and ready to ready to get rolling on the old wrap up show. Yeah, man, we we've got some MCR stuff to talk about with JB on. I don't know if I'll get any uh, secrets or any breaking news out of you. I know uh, Tony runs a tight ship over there, but I'm, I'm gonna see what I can do. Well, we'll see what we can do, but regardless, very excited about JB. Hey, cool yeah, stuff. man, aren't we all? Uh, next up, another newbie brought to you by Seal Savers. You guys know him for probably if you've been listening to Pulp Mix Show the last couple of weeks. He's the future headlines guy, Jeb Brewer. What's up, Jeb? Uh, not much, Dark Side. Just got off the nine to five job. <laughs> yep. And, uh, I, I'm really thankful for the opportunity, man. So I'm excited. Yeah, man. I'm excited too, dude. You you, you threw out some really good uh, future headlines a few weeks ago, and Steve said that he might start making some regular ones out of it. And uh, we we love, I love the future headlines. Mainly because they irritate JT and it's funny, but uh, you did some good stuff. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, tonight, man, we're talking about 476 with Supercross reporter, host of Main Event Moto, owner of Eagle Grit, frontman in the Main Event Band, and whatever else failed needs, Daniel Blair in studio, on the phone, we talked about it already, Justin Brayton, back with MCR, Ryan Dungey, my favorite Filthy Phil, Thomas Victor and Greg Adler from ORW, Jason Thomas, and, man, a really cool, I think everybody was waiting on this, Jace McAlpine. Lots to talk about. Jeb, I'm going to let you go first, man. Overall thoughts on 476. I thought it was a great show. I mean, when you have DB in there, Justin Brayton, Ryan Dungey, uh, Filthy Phil's always great. I mean, you just have an awesome lineup of guys who not only are they great guys, they're definitely uh, informative and uh they all just go well together. I feel like this show really meshed really good. And then you throw in a kicker uh, with the guy from, you know, Australia. And uh, it was a really good show. I really enjoyed it. I thought so, too. I was I was really interested to see where the Jace McAlpine interview went. Uh, Nick, you know, the the we'll talk about it here in a little bit. But with the, the rivalry, quote, unquote. Uh, but overall, Nick, what did you think of the show? I mean, obviously, I know you love the JB segment. But what about the rest of it? Um. Like, uh, so basically I had a month in the summer, uh, where I didn't listen to the pulp show at all. I had full vacation. So I've like fully caught up. And then <laughs> I just feel like the last few weeks have been like great shows. And then, um, the guest list on this one, uh, kind of got my ears perked up right away because like you said, I was very interested to hear what, uh, what Jace from Gypsy Tales had to say. Um, and that proved to be as interesting as we could have hoped. Um, yep, yep. and then, uh, I think, uh, maybe even Talon or, you know, one of, one of the producers over there might've been Mark. Uh, but they mentioned that, uh, Dungey seemed a little looser and more open this time around. I thought he had a great interview as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, just the, the laundry list of guys. And, um, I love Daniel, big Daniel fan, love when he's in studio and, uh, he keeps the mood light, but, uh, he's, he's sharp as a tack. So it's yeah, a nice yeah. one, two punch he comes in with. So, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a top, top notch show for me and got me through, uh, 
a nice afternoon in the shop. So. Yeah, so let me ask you that. I think we've talked about this before, Nick, but you got, do you play it like where everybody can hear it in the shop? Do you have a setup where everybody's listening or is it kind of something you keep to yourself in headphones? So I've kind of been the only one in the shop right now okay. recently. Um, but overall, like I have it, it's been nice since they went to YouTube because it's nice to just have something active going on in the background instead of just noise. So I just have a TV in my shop where I'll just have it rolling. So I'm one of the guys Steve makes fun of for watching it on YouTube. Yeah. Well, so am I. So am I. How about you, Jeb? How do you listen or watch? Um, 90% of the time I am, I work for UPS, so I am listening on the road. Um, but the last few shows I have been kind of doing the YouTube thing, just like you guys said, you know, a couple shows ago or something, how, you get more out of it when you watch YouTube. You can kind of see how the guys react or, you know, um, just stuff like that, little things. So yeah. especially especially before this show, I watched on YouTube and then watched, uh, listened back uh, while I was driving. So UPS, Kiefer would love that. We got to get you guys connected. Got a little <laughs> UPS action. All right, let's 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 get the COVID talk out of the way. It's been a story in the world for over a year, and this past weekend it was pretty significant in the storyline at Ironman for multiple multiple reasons, but let's hear a bit of what they had to say. Now, Anstey's out with COVID. Marv couldn't race because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I know some other guys missed the race that apparently have COVID. Mm-hmm. There's some teams and pit people in the paddock that have COVID or had it recently. If you are it's- Justin Cooper or Jet Lawrence, you are our bubble boy from here on out. I wouldn't right. speak to a human at all. Well, Hunter was sick, right? Right. And then I'm like, wait, whoa, because you never know. Well, and, that, and that's a weird thing, too, because there's a lot of regular sickness. I don't know yeah. if it's a cold or a flu. Yeah. There's a lot of that going around, too. Yep. So it's obviously going to affect you in the results column. But the COVID one's scary because you could the title could be over if one of them. So if I'm Jed yep. or Justin... I wouldn't be within 15 feet of a human <laughs> being for the rest of the season. Just don't I, even go around and don't touch anything. Well, just walk around like this. I think at the end weeks. of the deal, if Justin Cooper loses his championship, he can blame sickness. Like, it is, he has not been the same guy. It is weird that we don't have a testing program for outdoors, right? There's not? There's not. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know that. They there, don't do the whole there, thing the day there, before? No, like we no, there's no testing for, for outdoors. And oh. I almost wonder, like, look, we only got two more. It's not going to happen. But the way it's ripping through the, through the pits, and if you talk to the guys who went to Loretta's, there's a bunch of people that got it there. The Star guys got it. The Pro Circuit guys got it. Now we got Marv. We got Anstey. We got other guys that got it that didn't show up this weekend. That's what the other sports are doing. And we, yeah. did, and we had to do it for Supercross. I asked two riders today, two high-profile riders, if they thought what percent of the pits are vaccinated. And one guy told me, under 5%, probably only the privateers that need to do it for their jobs during the week. <laughs> And another guy that might uh, yeah. be dead on accurate. And another guy told me he doesn't have it. He has no problem with it, but he also thinks it's probably under 5%. All right, Nick, I'm going to go to you, and we'll stay away from the, the political side of all this stuff. But it has been a factor, right? A lot of writers are out. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm, it's probably got some effect on what you guys are doing at MCR. I don't know what the rules are, what they're expecting. But the, the interesting thing, you were involved in Supercross, uh, and then the fact that it was very – strongly they're tested every friday uh and then like outdoors there's nothing that seems a little strange like i'm surprised by that yeah i was actually surprised to hear that too um but i mean if you're if you're really crunching numbers you're in open air outside at the entire outdoors you know no one's aside from your little pods of like whoever whatever teams are in their rig together you're everything's open air and yeah um, that's 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 proven to be beneficial for uh 
you know, whatever. So, um, that made sense when I thought about it a little bit. Uh, but I was surprised to hear that just because it was so strict for us in Supercross. Um, to have go from that to pretty much no testing for them is uh, quite the contrast. So, yeah, I'm so, sure that was. Um, so, what do you probably, think? I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go, uh, it was just probably weird to go from, uh, you know, twice a week testing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you got to have a wristband every time you go in somewhere with it, you know, just saying you, you got her done and whatever else. And, uh, so that was probably quite the contrast for those guys to go outdoors, and it's just like, wait, no, okay. Yeah, and I was thinking about this, uh, you know. So a couple of guys, Anstey and Marvin, came down with it. Now, I'm curious who who they tested through. Like, was it did KTM make them get a test? Because, like, if you're a points guy, like, okay, let's say they they talked about. Steve said Justin Cooper, if he loses the championship, he could blame it on sickness. I don't think he would. I don't really like that idea. But you know, he hasn't been himself these last couple of weeks. Maybe what if he had COVID? Does is who's making Marvin go get tested? Because uh, MX Sports is it right? So like, couldn't he just say, well, "We'll just keep it to ourselves"? I'm curious, like, who made those decisions? You know, if it's if a guy that was in the championship, like Justin Cooper, Jet Reynolds, Dylan Francis, whatever, would they admit it, or is, is Star making them go test? You know, I don't know. What do you think, um, Nick, on that? Since you work for a big time team, yeah, I think that's interesting. I think politics aside, right? If you're just going strictly racing strategy like you just sick or not if you're going for points and you're you're right there you just you don't get tested right like i mean i feel like that's yeah strategically what you do (laughs) um if there's no requirements for it but then you know like you said ktm these guys are big companies and they might require it or it could be as simple as you know these guys are feeling down they go hit the doctor to you know see what's going on and they get tested or they got to be tested to even go in the doctor or whatever the scenario is. And next thing you know, exactly. they have a positive test. So, yeah. um, it could have, it could be a number of things, but yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying with, uh, it's interesting that, that they got tested at all. Yeah. But, yeah you I'm know, just, you, I just, a, a random hard, thought. Yeah. It's hard to say without having any knowledge on the scenario, but, um, it's definitely, uh, it can raise an eyebrow for sure. Yeah, Jeb, what do you think about the, the fact that a sickness, it, it could just be like Daniel said, regular or what we'll quote-unquote regular sickness, but that right. it could really affect the championship, right? I mean, in the end, we don't know exactly what's going on with Justin. We know he has a thumb, thumb injury, but something else is going on. What do you think about the COVID issue and it its effect on this out the series? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It could have an, you know, crazy effect and that was actually a question that i thought to myself too is like you know what if one of these guys jet lawrence justin cooper you know uh, ken roxon dylan Francis, what if one of these guys get this are they going to say something yeah and then you know you got to take into consideration maybe one guy does feel worse than the other um maybe he thinks it might be covid and then he feels okay to race, you know, on the other side, he could feel so bad that like, Hey man, I can't even race. I might as well go get tested. I'm feeling so bad. But I mean, it makes you think has, has other guys already done that and not said anything. And now we're seeing, you know, kind of it spread around uh, throughout the pits. or Exactly. Yeah. Really interesting. Um, yeah. And Steve's point or Steve's comment that again, I kind of touched on it, but if Justin loses the championship, which, I'm sort of in the inclination that's going to happen. I think Jet's got this thing locked up at this point almost. But if Justin were to come back and say, well, I was sick and, oh, I ended up having this, man, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't, I don't, I would rather know now. But anyway, moving on, 
Uh, Justin Cooper, I just talked about the thumb, and the guys talked about his season, his season falling apart lately. And from what I hear, he's, he's got a thumb injury from Washugal. It may be better, it may not be better. Uh, he's got this sickness going on that, that's, that's preventing him from riding. Like, everything's falling apart late in the season for Justin Cooper because I just I, I like his chances to bring this thing home. And I was leaning towards Justin because the starts, he puts himself up there, he stays away from a lot of the trouble not considering what a sickness could do to one or the other. So obviously you could see him this weekend. There was just no spunk. He had not much fight. When you win or lose a championship, you look back on certain days that kind of did it for you or didn't do it for you. The sad part is for him is that he gave up a lot early. He, he could have had a bigger lead. Oh, yeah. No oh. more thinking. Oh, yeah, no yeah, more. Yeah. Just, yeah. You just yeah. stop preserving. Stop strategy. There's no strategy. You right, just right. got to go win now. Yep. And if you win out, you, you could get. He's essentially taking the pressure off, at least clear his mind. You don't want this scenario, but yep. if this is the one you're in, there's only one way to look at it, which is no pressure. I'm yep. just going to go win now. Right. And that's I'm trying to find some silver lining. Yeah. It. Uh, so, yeah. Jay Coop is in trouble here, huh, Phil? Uh, jet, yeah. The jet was great, and he's going into a track he won at. Man, I don't know what that what happened or what the deal was because it wasn't like he got beat by a little bit. He got beat by a lot. I don't know if he's hurt or what the deal was. They've been pretty quiet. You, you yeah, do know I, what the deal is. You know what the deal is. You're just not telling us. I have no idea what the deal is. I'd be hitting the panic button right now after, yeah. uh, what was it, a 14-point swing on the weekend? All right, Jeb. So, yeah, I think everybody – it's kind of – you feel like everybody felt like – everybody on the show Monday felt like this was Justin's championship, and then just in the last few weeks, really around the Unadillo with the bad second moto, and things have been falling apart. That's what Steve said, right? So uh, it's 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 kind of uh, interesting, the shift, and I think everybody's just trying to figure out what's going on. What do you think about that topic? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, time and time again, we talk about it. I mean, that's just moto. Injuries happen. <laughs> sure. Sickness happened. I mean, you you have to have a little bit of luck to win this championship. I mean, you've seen it time and time again happen to so many riders. And, I mean, Justin Cooper has been riding incredibly until as of late. And uh, you hate to see it happen. But uh, then again, uh, Jet's been right there, done what he's needed to do. And uh, maybe, you know, sometimes you just got to have that luck. And that's what we're seeing now. Yeah, right on. Uh, All right, Nick, Steve spent, well, thanks to Seth calling in early. Thanks a lot, Seth. Steve spent a lot of time just very, very concerned with my ponytail. Um, JB and Daniel Blair kind of had my back a little bit. And then Kiefer and JT Damsher did not have my back. Thanks a lot, JT, for saying it looks ridiculous. Uh, But (laughs) why the obsession, Nick? Why does Steve have such an obsession with my hair, man? I I don't know what it is. Well... For one, you don't see it every day. You, you just got to be honest with yourself there. Like he's, People are going to have some degree of infatuation with it, be it positive or negative, because it's just it is an outlier in this world. It's, yeah, it's not 1989 yeah, anymore. Have, you got a heck of a pony, some, you, know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't I, – I think it would be pretty it'd – be, it'd be quite the draw for you to shave the whole thing on air and uh, – yeah, I don't think I'm going to go for, like, uh, the angle of it's ridiculous or telling you what to do with your life at all. But I, I can definitely understand Steve's approach of, like, tough love if that's his angle. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know, right? <laughs> and I don't know about it changing your life, but I will say if you've had it since high school, you know, 
maybe just switch it up someday just to see. Maybe you like might like your head better without it. Wow. You never know. I thought you, I thought you had while. my back. But I'm not telling you <laughs> yeah, positive or negative, you. but yeah, Steve's, Steve's logic wasn't that far off. It, okay, it was all right. It was from a place of love. I don't know about you it think? changing your life, but I think if you've had hair that one way for that long, it wouldn't hurt to switch it up just for your own, just to see if your head feels lighter. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jeb, I don't know if it was coming out of a place of love or not. I will say I got quite a bit of response from people telling, you know, don't listen to Steve, don't let him peer pressure you. And even some guys were like, I don't like the way it looks, but you like it, so keep it, you know, whatever. But uh, I don't know, man. Steve brings it up. It's... It's. I, I guess I sort of get the feeling from this conversation that Steve does sort of consider me a friend because I think if I wasn't a friend, he would just be like, yeah, I don't really care. But, um, man, it's uh, it's interesting being um, not really torn apart, but uh, just I don't know what the word is. You know, I, I feel like I'm one of those, those chicks on Us Weekly. Like, did how does how, right how she looks today or something like, man, it's, it kind of it's t- it's rough. Yeah, I mean, I think this is another classic, Steve, just trying to create content, okay. trying, to, trying to stir up the Twitter world, um, and uh, he does a great job at it, Dark Side, but sure. don't, let, don't let him tell you what to do. I mean, you've had the pony so long. It's uh, part it of me, man. means something to you. Yeah, exactly. So don't let anybody on Twitter, don't let Steve, you do you, man, and do what makes you happy. And <laughs> at the end of the day, that's all anyone can ask of you. Yeah. And Steve will still be your friend no matter what. Well, I don't know about all that. Hopefully you're right, but I don't know. For, <laughs> I, they haven't, uh, nobody swayed my opinion yet. And yeah, like, you know, they, they brought up Nick. He, he brought up a lot of my life stuff. Thanks a lot that I wasn't really prepared for him to talk about. But yeah, me being back with Amber and Amber does like it. Like she actually, I donated 18 inches of it in January uh, or maybe early February to wigs for kids or whatever. And she like was like, it was a donation thing and she still wasn't stoked. She's like, no, I don't like it. So anyway. Yeah. He kind of unloaded on you a little bit, but you know, yeah, he brought up, he like a lot. I actually had a few people reach out. I'm like, dude, it's not cool that he brings up your lifestyle, your personal stuff. And like most of those topics, he kind of knew that I was okay talking about. So now I, I did make a comment to him in a text a couple of weeks ago about my job that wasn't exactly like I didn't green like that to be talked about, but it's not that big of a deal. So when he said that one, I was kind of like, oh, okay, well, thankfully nobody I work with really listens, but I was, yeah, he, he definitely, uh, he did definitely lit into it a little bit, but that's all right. It, it was, I guess it's entertaining and, and this show, the Pulpomex show, and I want to get into this topic that I'm about to say when we get to the J stuff, but the Pulpomex show for me as a listener is for entertainment. I don't really, it's probably 90%. I listen to pulp for entertainment, 10% for the news or whatever. Um, so when he does stuff like that, or he's busting on JT or whatever, that that's, it's, it's all ga- fair game for me. I'm okay with it. It's entertainment. I'm down. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. I do want to mention Michelin bicycle tires, you guys know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from Pulp Mex. Well, Michelin bicycle tires is a proud sponsor of this wrap-up show. And if you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, visit bike.michelin.com 
For all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle tires, including the Power Road tire for your road for uh, training or road bikes, I've got to get me a set of those, Nick. I don't know if, how much training either one of you or road biking you guys do, mountain biking, but uh, Michelin bicycle tires is the way to go. So thanks to them, Jeb. I want to ask you before we really get any farther into this. I don't know you very well. I, I've only obviously kind of started hearing from you in the last few weeks. What's your Pulpamex history, man? How'd you discover it? How long have you been listening? Uh, you know, and just what do you love about it? So I've been listening to Pulp about three years now. Okay. Um, I have been a Moto fan pretty much my whole life. Um, I live in North Carolina, so um, I go, I've been going to the Atlanta Supercross every year since 2009. Um, and so I've kind of been a big fan for a long time, but I never knew anything about Pulp. And I, I just have to give a shout out to my best friend Gerber. Um, I would have never known about Pulp unless it was for him. Uh, one day he just told me about it, and every time we would go to Supercross, he would just have so much knowledge about all these, you know, privateers that I'm like, I don't know these guys. Yeah. And then he's like, Dude, you got to listen to Pulp. And so I that's started right. listening. Yeah, and it, it fits perfect with my job. I literally, that's all I do all day is listen to podcasts. And ever since, I've just been hooked, man. And I listen to Pulp for entertainment. I love the industry. I love every little every little thing about it. I mean, yeah. from, from the Pulp Show, which, like you said, the Pulp Show is for entertainment. And then, and then Steve has these other shows, the review show, or these in-depth interviews that are, are for, you know, a little bit more of the, the super fan, so to say. Um, but I listen... For every reason, for information, for entertainment, I just I love it all, man. Great to hear. And Nick, I want to translate that into you as a mechanic of not quite a factory team, but a factory level team, in my opinion. Um, but maybe a team that all the fans don't necessarily go rush to every time, right? They're they're going to see Eli Tomac or whatever. But I think I that Steve has talked about your team so much. He's had. He's he's talked you know he's had you on the show you know with the Hawaii thing and Foot Nick and he he has Tony Alessi on and uh, all the writers and I how much has that translated into you seeing Pulp fans coming to your tent because of what Steve does or how he talks to you even about you or you know who the writers on the team or whatever how much do you see Pulp Nation affect what you do day to day at a race? Um, not. Like, uh, personally, personally, not a ton. Okay. Um, anytime Steve's at the tent, you know, there's going to be more people like, oh, Steve's there. Like, you know, like, okay. you, you see people look like Steve has his own fan base, almost like he's a rider, almost, um, maybe not as large, but you get the idea. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's that, but, uh, as far as like, yeah, out East, you'll have some, uh, or down South, out East in that area more, you'll have people come up with like, are you Footnik? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Um, but only a few times a year. Um, but more so like, uh, just, um, like, uh, I, I kind of hit it off with Steve pretty quick cause he kind of heard from one of the other guys that I listen to the show all the time in the shop. Um, and, uh, like that's how you and I met. Yeah. Um, Houston, 2017. And, and, uh, yeah. 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 So, uh, it's, uh, it was kind of our mutual fandom of hope that got, got you and me off on the right foot and things like that. But, uh, you just, you, you kind of, it, it's just, it's part of it's part of what Supercross is at this point, right? So yeah, yeah, um, for us, yeah, fringes, fringes of it everywhere. You know, <laughs> you see Pope fans everywhere, and uh, 
you know, any, you know, fans will bring it up casually. Like, Oh, I heard on the pulp show. And I'm like, Oh, I did too. You know, like I listen to it all the time. And then, you know, got a good dialogue there. Just if I got time between working on bikes uh, yeah. at a race. and stuff. So it, uh, yeah, it just makes me feel like I'm not just a uh, part of the industry. I still have a little bit of fan in me. So. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Cause you, you mentioned that and with JB coming up tonight, it's kind of a full circle thing. 2017 Houston. I came to the truck to meet Berluti. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And then you were like, Oh shit, dude, Dirk side. I, I, you know, I'm, I listen to pulp all the time and we, yeah, we hit it off and yeah, I feel like we've become friends ever since. So pulp nation bringing friends together. Uh, Jim, yeah, no. I'm gonna call you a friend now, man. We're pulp family. Boom. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. All right. Let's, let's jump ahead to when Jason Thomas got on, uh, and, and his continued push not, when JT came on, Daniel's continued push to promote jet Lawrence. His name is Generational. That's his name. It's on his birth certificate. <laughs> I don't believe that's his name. It's on his birth certificate. Oh, it's, it's okay. on a birth certificate. I have no issue with how amazing Jet's doing. Like, it's not about that. I, doing or is? nothing negative I want to say about Jet. Well, I think is is only going to be up to his future, right? He, he's going to have to play that out. That's the main point. He hasn't ridden phenomenally well at every round this year, but more recently he has ridden much better. And if he rides the way he rode – this weekend and the second moto at Unadilla, uh, everyone's in for a lot of trouble for a very long time. If he wins the last two in dominating fashion, will you just say the words "jet" is generational? I, I just want to hear it one time if he does those things. If he rides like Iron Man, I will shut up forever. When they have to create a freaking combine because of this kid and what he's doing, you have to wait, modify what? our amateur program here to keep up with what that kid's doing. I feel like hold that's... On, wait, hold, hold on. You guys said it. Is hold proof on, of the pudding. Say, <laughs> you can't say they created a combine because of Jet Lawrence. I definitely I, leaped a little far in that right you, there. You sure <laughs> did. I did. Sure did. But I just want to hear you say it one time. You don't even have to say it on the air. You can record it in a voice memo and you text it to me. I just want you to say Jet's generational. I would just nod in agreement. No, I don't want to but nod. I want you to but say it's the it. Other ride. What does he have to do for you to say it? Oh, can Win we... everything like James Stewart. All right, Jeb. Uh, this is something I love about Daniel, man. When he gets on a any a to, uh, something that he's passionate about, whether it be a a hot take, uh, you know, like Chase Sexton's going to go undefeated, or or win the championship, or Eli's going to go to whatever his hot takes are, or Jet is generational. He's not going to let it go, and JT wasn't going to give in. That I, I was laughing through that whole segment. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. If I could only be in these group texts with them guys, too. <laughs> Same. Um, yeah, it's great. And especially when it's a guy like JT, he stands firm in what he thinks, too. And so I just, I laughed the whole time. It was amazing. Yeah, that's Daniel's just funny and he knows how to play the game, Nick. Like he knows he does the same thing as his own podcast. He'll say stuff. He might not even fully believe it, but he just to get some uh, get some back and forth banter going, and then he forgets he even says it. But this one he's sticking to, and I loved how he tried to transition it into the combine was created because of Jet. That was that was classic Daniel Blair. Yeah, Daniel's notorious for bold predictions. I think on his <laughs> yes, own, he is. kind of like he kind of like waves that flag himself. But no, the whole segment was kind of the best of what those two both bring to the show. Yeah, just uh. Yeah, yeah, JT with unwavering logic and just Daniel getting an idea and refusing to let down. It's um yeah, it's it's uh yeah, I enjoy that. And um 
you gotta you gotta see both sides of the coin too with the whole jet thing. Um, dude's crushing it, but yeah, he, I think he leaped a little far with the combine thing being caused directly <laughs> by jet. But um, I, I think he leads a little far by saying like he's Stu esque generational, like Stu and Ricky. I totally agree with JT. Like, was it you know back in the pack like that? He's winning and, and jet. I don't know. I think JT is looking at it from a more logical standpoint where DB is looking at it from a fanboy perspective and the fact that Mertz is one of his buddies. And I, I think I'm standing by JT on this one, Nick. I, he's not generational yet. Well, my thing is, is like, uh, I'm very stoked on the whole jet thing in general as just seeing a guy on a Honda. And then on top of it, his mechanics, actually a friend of mine, we went to school together. Nice. Um, uh, so I know him very well, and I'm just really pumped for Christian and to see him Jet just crushing it is is awesome. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Um, James Stewart is, I mean, he's borderline folklore at this point. Like, to people, <laughs> right? Well, it's just to people who didn't grow up watching it, like it's just a it's something that yeah, like I watching it in person is something I'm pumped I got to see growing up. Right? Yeah. Um, yep. And, uh, yeah, just the, the amount of glued to my TV I was every time I got the chance to watch a Supercross race because, you know, or outdoors, whatever, and if James is on the track, um, or just as a kid, if he was hurt or whatever, how bummed I was not, not seeing him on the TV. Yeah, so, you, um, you expected something special every time. Yeah, there's just, like, a certain level of, like, uh, kind of like what RV did outdoors in the 250s, I mean, three straight titles or whatever that was, uh, and the like RC level stuff is there's like a gener- I agree. Not yet. Not yet. He doesn't yeah. have any titles under his belt yet. So you can't, it's hard to say when those guys came out as like kind of the cream of the crop, right? Exactly. Well, let's talk about a guy that is generational. Justin Brayton, JB 10, Steve beat weeds to the punch. Weeds was, but weeds was extra busy. And I'm sure weeds was a little upset about that, but dude, he is back at MCR uh, we were hearing Jeb, you know, we were hearing the rumors that maybe MCR was going to arena cross, maybe not coming back to Supercross. but thank God they are back in Supercross. Supercross. What are your thoughts on them being back, Jeb? Yeah. I mean, I was thinking the whole time I was like, wait, I thought they were gone. Like I didn't yeah. think they're going to have a team. And then you all of a sudden you hear that and you hear Justin Brayton is going back to it. And I'm just like, this is awesome. We don't need to lose another team. Uh, Justin Brayton is a great guy. I, you know, as long as he can keep doing it and, and putting a hundred percent in, like he said, I'm all for him racing. And, uh, it's just a great combination with the NCR guys, uh, being able to get him back. And I just think that's going to be a great team and everyone's going to get along over there. So that's, that's awesome to see in this industry. Agreed. Now, Nick, I know you can't tell us a lot of things, but I'm going to ask a question. And if you can, maybe you can give us some info. The rumor was arena cross. Was that ever really something that you, as far as you know, that was like, Ooh, 80%, 90% were going there. And did maybe Justin Brayton being available change things or what can you tell us if anything? Um, so to my knowledge and, uh, yeah, Tony and Mike are always, they're very creative in their approaches and they're always thinking of new ideas. So, um, they, they always have options on the table. I don't think leaving Supercross was an option um necessarily this year okay uh but um i i'm not sure if uh maybe they're looking to like maybe do something on the side arena cross wise uh that's kind of the talks i heard as far as arena cross um i never heard anything as far as the team is being replaced 
from Supercross to Arena Cross, you know? Yeah, um, that was kind of a rumor, though. Knew, yeah, I, I got plenty of texts about it. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure those people are a little frustrated. I had to leave them on read for a few months because <laughs> I got to let a uh, – you know, I you know I'm not I'm not gonna go under Tony and Mike's hat, and um, it's it's on their ground to announce what we got going on. But uh, yeah, it was kind of fun to see people texting me all summer, like, "What are you doing next year?" And yeah, and it's still in my shop tinkering away. You know, just same <laughs> same old. You know, just uh, and that's what I tell them. You know, I'm just same job, man. I'm doing the same thing. So uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's been interesting to get a lot of uh, calls and texts because we, we didn't know necessarily who we'd have as riders or what the structure of the team would be or anything like that. So um, things are starting to come together. And I think uh, once his talks kind of began with Justin, it was like, let's get this part squared away and then work on uh, the rest of things. And I'm uh, kind of excited for those two, Mike and Mike and Tony to announce that to everyone else, what else we got going on. But um, no, as far as I know, there was a, uh, I was never informed that there was a plan to leave Supercross at all. Um, okay. Any Arena Cross stuff would have been additional. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Good to know. Yep. Um, do you know who you're wrenching for yet? Are you allowed to say? I know Steve said Oldenburg's coming over, but, it, I mean, I don't know if you can, again, I don't know if you can talk about it. Um, I actually don't know who I'm wrenching for yet. Uh, okay. I've got to uh, got to wait just like everyone else a little bit. Um, all right. So, uh, tentatively, I know who it might be. Um or could be between a few people. Okay. Um, so it's, uh, I'll leave that for Tony and Mike, Mike to announce here soon, hopefully. Fair and, enough. Uh, but, uh, until then, I'm just building motorcycles. So. There you go. Well, let's hear yeah. what JB had to say about why he's coming back to MCR. How close were you to retiring, and how close uh, to signing back up with Muckoff and what they're doing, and then why did you decide to go MCR? I had a, had a big mechanical and went over the bars, and... I thought that was it, honestly. When I was laying okay. on the ground, I'm like, <laughs> my daughter was there in Dallas, my wife was there, and for my daughter to see me like that, I had a broken wrist and, and two broken hands, and it was just like, yeah, there was a lot of emotions there, and, and obviously, you know, father time is, is catching up. Like, I'm not getting any younger. Right. I was thinking I would most likely be done, and but then, you know, how racers are, we, we start to get healed up, and I started to kind of get motivated again, and I was riding bicycles a lot, and and yeah that racer in me is just like i started the year so good this year yeah podium which nobody expected you know especially on a on a new startup team and i still feel like i have some fight in me especially on that motorcycle if i can get the right structure around me to where i'm just a racer if this is truly going to be my last year with it which i think it is i want to just race man i just want to wake up every day train Mm -hmm. focus on my riding and that's it i don't want to have to deal with all the other stuff where mcr is like it's turnkey. I, I know exactly what I'm getting. Genova doesn't really need any funding. Of course, he would like it, but he can fund it himself if he has to. Like a guy like Genova, he's spending more than a million dollars out of his own pocket to go racing. Yeah, I don't take that lightly. And, and all the guys, from engine builders to suspension, There's... all the mechanics, everyone at the shop, Like, I, I really respect everybody that's in you... it. Uh, Jeb, I'm going to go to you, man. JB is just super well-spoken. He's a great guest. I love that he talked about, you know, after they crashed at Dallas, that he thought about, man, maybe I'm done. My daughter saw this. Uh, you know, he's getting older, but he's a racer, right? He's like, I got more in me. I want to go back. And he, he, I didn't I didn't use the audio, but he talked about his wife saying, hey, if you're going to do it, you got to do it right. You got you to gotta want to do it. You got to be all in. Can't really half-ass it. And, and I thought that was really cool what he had to say. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, Justin Brayton is just incredibly down to earth. Um, when he talks, he just makes everyone feel like he's just a regular guy. Like yep. you would never know that he's Justin Brayton. Um, but yeah, and, and Daniel kind of mentioned it too um, about his wife and and going in a hundred percent. If if he if you don't go a hundred percent, and Steve kind of mentioned it too. It, more things are, are liable to happen, crashes or injuries, or, you know, you make those little mistakes and it can cause him to go over the bars again. But um, I can definitely re- relate to him. Um, I had a street bike uh, back in 2015 and I actually uh, had a mechanical and I broke every bone in both of my palms. And when I woke Fine. up in the hospital, I was like, I'm never riding again. I don't know what it is, whether it's the anesthesia or what, but you wake up and you're like, I'm an idiot. I'm never doing that again. And then six months later, there I am with another uh, better, faster street bike. So, yeah, right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, It's not a good idea to make the decision that quick. And I- I'm glad to see Justin come back and give us another shot. Yeah, I, I I can relate, guys. Uh, I think we all know that I've been there too. So, <laughs> yeah. Steaming Bradshaw's bike. Yeah. Well, here, here you go. And from yeah, what I got he- it. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, let me get. I got to switch screens. This is super great radio. Here we go. It's worth the pause. Oh shit! That's Damon Bradshaw's bike. I just fucked up. Yeah. Can't fucking believe I did that. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely oh. thinking that once or twice during that experience. Uh, you know, uh, the fact that you just announced it was the best part. Eh, man, you got Yeah, I knew it was going to be good. I knew it was going to be wor- funny and worthy content, so I just had to go with it. Um, uh, I don't know, Nick. I don't know Sean. Uh, I, I'm JB's mechanic, Ulikowski. I don't think I've ever met him, but I was pretty surprised Duffy wasn't coming back. To be honest, Duffy and and JB are very very tight, so that that one surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Um... Duff's awesome. JB's awesome. Uh, I just know, um, I think with JB, maybe like he said, he was, you know, maybe going to call it a career at one point. Um, and I think Duff got a job offer and he just, you know, he's got to have gave full employment. So there you uh, go. So Duff's, uh, yeah, he's doing his thing. I think he's at the ISD right now. Okay. And, uh, yeah, Duff, Duff's, uh, he's in, he's in a good place, but yeah, I'm pretty pumped on, uh, you coming on board. Uh, anyone who's ever had a title or worked for HRC has, you know, the utmost respect for me. And I'm very excited to learn as much as I can from him and just, uh, meet the guy. Everyone I've talked to has pretty, uh, pretty good things to say. So we'll just, uh, keep those two stocked up with parts out East and yeah. be ready for them whenever they want to come out West. It's, I'll have, uh, hopefully the plan. I'll have to get his, uh, donut preference for, for a one. Ooh, dark side donut. <laughs> hey, it's, Cherished. Yeah, yeah. Guts Racing, man, was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway, off-highway seat manufacturing company offering the highest performance seat covers in the business. Visit GutsRacing.com for all the info on many products offered, such as a Phantom Light seat foam. Uh, Nick, do you guys use Guts, or you, do you use some other brand that's not as good as Guts? Oh, we use Guts. That's right. That's what I thought. And actually, uh, specifically, Justin requested their hard seat foam for when he comes out here this week. So, uh, Atta boy. Uh, proof is in the pudding. Andy's a good dude. Yes, he guys. is. Yes, he is. I'll, I, I think I'll get to meet him in person for the first time at Hangtown. So, yeah, I'm, I'm flying out. And, uh, 
next week. That'll be exciting. If you haven't met Andy yet, yeah, he's he's a riot. He's a good dude. Yeah, I'm looking for. I hope I get to meet him, man. I'm a big sprint car fan, so and he's a big sprint car driver. So that's yeah. I hopefully I'm gonna get by there. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, all right, Grant Langston, big topic, guys. Right, big topic leading up to this race. Uh, him quitting MX Sports or TV because of. Uh, you know, I guess NBC wanting him to get or stay off, stay home a week. That was a big topic. Let's listen a little bit about it. Don't again, don't want to get into all the politics of it. We'll just talk about the race side of it. Here we go. Um, my gut feeling was like just as fast as it had happened. Like I had sensed he maybe wanted to be done anyway. It's cool that he, you know, he stands up for what he believes in. You got to respect that. Whether whatever side you're on, that sure spun out of control and crazy right grant had to do what was best for him based on his family his research his feelings his future outlook his past experience everything as an individual you evaluate situations that are in front of you and you make the best decision that's going to work for you and your family and he did so i think he's already vindicated in his decision for himself because he made the decision and he seems cool with it like, so there's like no dark side with his pony just like that if yep. dark side wants to rock the pony forever that's on him and he'll take the good and the bad that comes with right. that that's same with grant so you can't judge grant in a good or negative way because you don't know his life what he's experienced where he's from uh, i cut off kind of short there jeb the way i cut that but I like what Daniel had to say, man. You can't really judge him. You don't know what he's going through. Uh, he did what was best for him, what he felt was right. Uh, you know, and, and that's what I agree with. Like, whatever, man. It doesn't, you know, and as Steve had said at some point, like, he, I don't like him trying to be, not a martyr. I don't remember what the word was that was used, but um, I think I may have some more audio that we're going to play here in a minute. But I don't know, man. I just, with the whole thing, I like Daniel's perspective on it. He did what he thought was right. He brought up his son uh, who has autism and what he felt, what Grant felt maybe caused that with some vaccinations he got at a young age. So I stand behind him, man. I, I like, it, it's cool, man. Whatever, you know, it works for me. If you're happy and you're, you're okay with your decision, I, I see no reason to be upset with a guy. Yeah, absolutely. You, you can't fault another person for making their own personal decision. I mean, you get kind of tired of hearing this stuff. It's almost, it seems like every day it's coming from some angle. And you, you just have to be like, man, it's your decision. It's your yep. personal life. If that's the decision you want to make, then then cool. You know, either way. Um, and so you can't blame him. I mean, especially if he has something personal with his daughter that he feels was a factor. I mean, that's just another, uh, you know, another chip off the block that says, man, this is my decision and this is how I feel. So, you know, it, it, it just gets crazy and exploded. And, and when you put it on social media, of course, that's just going to blow up. Of course. And, yeah. And when you're GL, you kind of have to expect that. But I, I wish people would just be like, we respect your decision, man, and move on because at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen. Nobody is going to be talking about this in five years. Exactly. Well, that led into a rant about Jeff Emig taking his place. Uh, my race tech round of the night, it's like, why are you coming down on Jeff Emig, you people? Fro had, Wygant said, 80, 80 DMs about what a bastard he is for taking GL's job. Oh, I didn't know that. Why? And why are you coming down on NBC? And why are you... Like, why are you calling Grant some sort of patriot for this? Like, that's the part what I don't get. That's my race tech rather than I scroll through the comments on GL, and I'm like, 
I cannot believe some of these people. Okay. Like, like GL made the choice. NBC made a choice that is perfectly rational. GL said, okay, you made those decisions on rational reasons. I'm going to quit because I don't want to stay home for one weekend. That's also his choice. How is that NBC's fault for, for a rational decision? And how is that Jeff Emick's fault? What the fuck is wrong with people? They're losing their minds in this thing, man. They are fucking losing their minds. I'm just talking about a company that's saying, hey, man, we think the vaccine will prevent the spread. We don't know if you have it. So can you stay home for a week? Two things. Number one, I didn't know about the fro hate stuff. I didn't. I didn't know any of that. So yeah. that's fro got that is a little a ton of hate. That's a little shocking. They're not mad about this individual policy and this individual thing that just happened in our sport with someone that everyone loves. That's people are really pissed about this because this is one. They they feel one domino closer to where it's going. Because remember, the healthcare workers. My brother is a healthcare worker, and he is being forced to be vaccinated, or he is fired and can't provide for his children. He went to college. He sacrificed his life. He was frontline during the COVID pandemic. And now he's being told if he does not get vaccinated, which is against his religion, he's being forced to be vaccinated. It doesn't make Langston eligible for a Purple Heart. He just simply didn't like a policy and quit. I'm going to try to walk into a convenience store without a shirt on. I'm going to videotape it. I'm going to get kicked out because I don't have a shirt on. And I I hope I'm a fucking Purple Heart nominee. (laughs) Nick, 99.9% of this race tech rant, Pulp 21 to save, was very, very logical and very well thought out and made a lot of sense. And then at the end, Steve just had to be Steve. But, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think they're 100% spot on. This is a rant that makes a lot of sense. It's not crazy. Uh, you know, even to the Patriot thing, like, you know, Grant isn't a Patriot for this. He just did what he believes he needed to do for himself. Uh, it's kind of spinning out of control a little bit, but do you have any thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I think it's uh, something we're all going to miss. I mean, GL has uh, kind of been the voice of the outdoors. Him and Weege have such a good back and forth. that has gotten better and better every year. Um, so I think everyone's just a little bummed on that. So I think some people are just that alone. You know, some people really hold their hats on. That's their, that's their favorite announcing duo. So that alone is going to get people's emotions going on sure. top of uh, – everyone's kind of walking out the door at 80% these days, you know, and ready to go to a hundred with any small inconvenience. Everyone's kind of on edge and the world's kind of button heads. So, um, you know, the backlash against throws, not cool. Yeah. Like, uh, Steve's, Steve's pretty much hitting the nail on the head is like, regardless of what you're thinking, you just got to quit going at people for, you know, for just things that are happening. Grant made a decision. You got to back him because, you know, adults can make decisions and that's, sure. that's how, that's how life should be. And you got to have respect for anyone that sticks to their guns or anything like that. So, you know, and I think, like I said, everyone's going to miss Grant. So that, that, uh, I'm sure that got plenty of people fired up just with that alone. And then, oh, uh, of course, but, but Steve's, Steve's hitting the nail on the head is you got to, everyone's got to chill out. Like, yeah. The, uh, the Emig backlash yeah. stuff, like I, I don't, outrageous. I just don't understand. Uh, we talk about this all the time with keyboard warriors. I don't understand people berating, uh, attacking other people because their opinions different or whatever. Like just dude, man, well, keep like, it, bro, it's so simple, right? Bro, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. It's not that hard. Bro's not rubbing his hands like the RV meme. You know what I mean? Like right, he's not, right, right. He's not sitting there waiting for this. He's just, you know, he's going to help out where he can. He works for 
he worked alongside Jason for a long time, and like uh, you, you know, they were a duo at one point. Yeah. So it's it's natural to have a fill in like that and in such short notice and things like that. How can you how can you go at the guy? And he did a great job on top of it. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just it's tough to see people react to to throw that way as he's just someone who gets a call about a job and happens to have the time available, you know, to help out. Exactly. And I, I'm uh, glad. That's, that's go ahead. I'm glad that we heard this though, because without Steve, we we wouldn't have known necessarily that Emma got 80 plus DMs that you know we we probably could have assumed, but we we broke that was breaking news for me anyway on the Pulp Mix show. So yeah. we got some insider yeah. stuff as usual. On a more lighthearted topic, Jeb, we hear Weege, we hear about a backyard wrestling tape. How the hell has this not been talked about that I know of? And what would he if if he if we're paying he's saying we need a GoFundMe to get the money together to see this tape. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, when they say things like, I mean, that just made my mind explode. I'm just like in my head picturing <laughs> what is going on in those videos, and uh, JT was just like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like it just it blew my mind. Yeah, it was exciting. Yeah, it was awesome, and it, it, I hope that someday those get released. Uh, that would be so cool. And, yeah, if, if we're paying, uh, we just saying. So That's what we're hoping. I'm back yeah. to GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah. Nick, uh, Nick, do you think he's wrestling in these videos, or is he announcing the wrestling <laughs> matches? We can only hope that he's wrestling in these videos. Oh, God, what would, his, what would his ring name be, do you think? That's what I've been trying to figure out. Like, I just – I have no – I have nothing. We got to get Jericho on for that. That Jericho could probably come up with a perfect stage name for. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Is like Rankin could probably at least like give us a direction at the very minimum. Yeah. But I, uh, the flagger. The black. Yeah, oh the my black god. Flagger. <laughs> the flagger. The masked flagger. I love it. Oh, it's great. All right. Yeah. I'll, I need to text Weege. Uh, okay. Uh, one more lighthearted thing, man. Manscaped. Use pulp code t- pulp twenty to save at Manscaped. Uh, Kiefer comes on; he's the ultimate tester, man. Kiefer Inc. test Kiefer testing Inc. Man, he uh, he tested the lawnmower four It's the goat of ball trimmers, there, Jeb. Uh, do you have one? Do you need one? You got to get yourself one. I, I don't have one, man, and I've been thinking about it ever since <laughs> I came on the show. Yeah. Um, uh, sometimes with my job, not to get too Kiefer on you, but. I feel like the the ball deodorant would work really well for me. Yeah, and the um, wipes. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, <laughs> I thought that whole that whole segment was funny, especially with the pitcher. Uh, and uh, I think that uh, Kiefer needs to spin Daniel Blair pitcher if Blair doesn't shave his uh, beard off because oh, that yeah. thing was looking terrible. Even <laughs> Blair Blair even said he was like he was talking about you with the pony. He's like you know kind of how he sees people is what he's used to. Yeah. I am not used to Daniel Blair with a beard and I think it needs to go. So DB get the manscape and use it. Yeah. And he talked, he said he was starting to grow his hair back out, which he had the hat on. So he didn't really show it, but uh, he, he and his brother are back in the studio recording music. So maybe he's living that rock and roll lifestyle again. I like, I dig it. Um, but yeah, everybody needs a manscape in their life. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, something else everybody needs is motosport.com. Man, if you are you know, right on the street, right on the trails, right on the moto tracks, 
anything you can want, they've got, man. If you need to rebuild a bike, I just got a part. I'm li- literally looking at the fuel pit cock for my 06 Honda that came in a couple of days ago. I'm getting that thing back together for my 450 so I can get back on the track. And that was all because of motorsport.com. Their dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. So visit motosport.com. And speaking of motorsport, those guys were a big part of Filthy Phil's program this year that didn't go very well, but Filthy Phil came on for his weekly motorsport ORW check-in along with Thomas Victor and I guess owner of ORW, Greg Adler. That was a lot of fun. I like listening to those guys. Um, Steve asked... Phil, before Thomas and Greg came on, hey, man, are you going to be back at club next year? And this is what we got. Have you talked to the guys at club about riding there next year? Is that is it way too early? Do we do we do we? Um, it's it's yeah, most most likely, yeah. But no so. death cross. Uh, oh. I don't know. I I I haven't thrown the idea out. You know, um, you know, it's. Uh, only because I, I won a race, and this year I was kind of behind the eight ball with uh, yep. not racing. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not opposed to the idea. So When Thomas sells you on this Phil guy, and, and, <laughs> and then it goes the way it's gone, I mean, what what kind of friend is this, How Thomas? are you guys still friends? Yeah. Phil Phil's had, you know, hasn't had the year that he was open, but... Uh, yeah. No, it's it's all uh, all good, and we get it. I've been I've had plenty of times of racing, and ended up on my roof. So yep, yep. You know the uh, good and bad. Phil's still trying, you know, to connect the dots here, especially <laughs> on on your uh, medium. So Thomas, did you hear Phil may be riding Death Cross next year? I heard rumors. I'm, I'm I don't believe them, but I heard rumors. <laughs> And more importantly, on a 250. Phil. If the stars align, if the stars align, but nothing really lines up for me ever, so it might not happen. <laughs> I mean, he yeah. he talks about it like it's so horrible, and he, he acts like it's horrible, but he's done a great job at being that guy that, that's able to continue to go racing. And, and uh, as he knows, and we talked about before, I'm I'm very proud to have uh, you know prolonged his career. I'll, I'll, I'll put that on my shoulders and – and uh, he, but he does the work, and he does a great job, and and uh, I consider you know Phil one of my my closest buddies. I know you know if I needed something, he'd still be there. Uh, Nick, Phil may be back next year. Holy shit! Very exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phil's just a, he's part of Pulse Nation. We love Phil. Yeah. How, so. how have you felt about his? You said you haven't been able to listen as much, you know, this summer, but. Have you heard most of his weekly check-ins? Yes, yes. I'm all caught up. Like, okay, okay. Still, it's a great segment to have every week. Um, Steve needs to make sure and he renews that contract. I enjoy yes. that. I think it's a hit for everyone. Yeah, and um, I think Thomas... You never know what you're going to get. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. Just you. Never, you just never know which bill you're going to get on the other end of the line every week. It's it's uh, keep everyone on their toes. It's good. Yeah, either Thomas or Greg. I think it was Greg said that maybe it was. I don't know. That, hey, we need it since he, his results were subpar. We need to continue this to the end of the year. And and Phil even was like, oh, "I'm down." So hell, maybe we'll keep it going. We can only hope. I hope so. Uh, just keep it rolling. Yeah, Jeb. How about you, man? How do you feel about Phil as a weekly check in? And then the other thing is with the with the two other guys, Thomas and Greg. Like you could tell at least. It seemed to me they were not upset at all about Phil's results and his injuries. They just were 
like they were having fun with a guy and you could tell that they're, they understand, right? I mean, Greg races, uh, trophy trucks. And he's talked about being up on an upside down and on the lid and like, like it was just great. It was a great interview. It was fun. They weren't mad. It's like, I feel like this could be a long-term, uh, partnership as long as Phil wants to keep racing. Yeah. I mean, I know Phil lets on as, as this big goof and a comedic guy, but I think at the end of the day, Phil is good to the people who support him. And, uh, I, I think that really is what you've seen with the, with, the uh, uh, the ORW. ORW guys, sorry. That's good. Um, so, and with, and with the motorsport, I mean, at the beginning of this motocross season, you know, Phil wasn't doing very well and we were loving it. I mean, it was great. And then there were talks like, is he still going to call in because yeah. he's out now? And, and right after that, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of was like, I'm not so big on the Phil call in or anything, but these last few shows, I feel like have just been growing and growing and growing and getting better and better and better. Um, so I, I really fell in love with the segment nice. and yeah, I, I feel like Phil is really good to the people who support him. Yeah. He gives me a ton of content. Cause if you do listen to the wrap up show, you know, I, I cut up a lot of audio at the very beginning, the stuff that I think is funny, like little sentences or whatever that, that gets said throughout the night. And Phil usually gives me a lot to cut up because it's his whole segment cracks me up normally. So I want Phil to keep coming around. Um, yeah, sometimes. Oh, oh, hey, Steve was supposed to be a title sponsor of the Club MX team at one of the rounds. I thought that was pretty cool. He's been hitting Jeb for a while now that something's coming between him and uh, Club. It, it's not going to happen. But that would be really cool to see him do that. And then I really liked Phil's response about, yeah, we need to get you uh, spinning some spanners, strip some strip some bolts, and have a seat fall off. Like that was right on par, quick, quick-witted, and busting balls. I dug it. Yeah, absolutely. You can always count on Phil yeah. uh, coming in with the one-liners and comebacks. In my opinion, he's right on par with Randy Richardson as far as uh, that goes. Nice, nice. Uh, but. But yeah, it would be awesome to see uh, Steve help uh, support or do something for those Club MX guys. I mean, they're really coming along as as a good team. I mean, they've got some great guys, uh, not including Phil. But you know, <laughs> it would be really cool to see him help help more. You know, more than he already does. Yeah, and Nick, speaking speaking of Phil and him being funny, dude. Next week, him and Amar in studio. Oh, that's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Joel Train and. Troll train and Phil, because I mean those two go way back, and their back and forth is just awesome. And I, I think just the nature of the Paul Max show, with like you said, with Randy Richardson and Phil, like something that's always good is when when the guests kind of rip on Steve and he rips them back, and you know you have that dynamic going on. Um, and Troll and uh, 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 Phil kind of bring that to each other on top of it. So when they're in studio, that's going to be that's going to be a wild one. It's going to be a good that. show. I've got a Ray yeah. and checkers lined up for that wrap up show. So I, I thought, Ray- Oh wow. That's a big wrap up show. I both of those guys. I like a lot. Checkers is yeah. He's a fellow, fellow Iowan man. Yep. Him go back. So yeah, I, I like checkers. a lot. He's a good dude. Um, Jeb, before we move on with this episode, uh, is there anything when listening to pulp that like you wonder about, or you think about and don't have an answer for like anything that, you know, you're watching the YouTube or you're driving down, you know, you, your UPS ended up and you got the headphones in. And you're like, man, I wonder, I don't know, like just anything that you kind of don't know the answer to that is it that correlates with pulp. 
Um, besides the Weege wrestling uh, video? Yeah, just anything in general. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I, nothing really comes to mind right off the bat. That would, I, I, If I had some time to think about it, I would probably come up with something. I should have but given maybe, you a heads up. Yeah, maybe, maybe just one thing is like, how much does Steve and these guys really know that they're not telling? I feel like they just hinted this, these things, but I feel like they know a whole lot more and just, and just can't say anything. And I understand that, but I'm always wondering is like, how much do these guys really know if they really let loose? What, what would we hear? Well, you heard Steve in that audio say to Phil about Justin Cooper, you know what's really going on, you just can't say. Now, whether that's the truth, we don't know. I will tell you that I asked Steve at Anaheim in 19, I think, or 18, when I maybe 18, when I first sort of started doing this, I'd been doing about a year, and I asked him, like, hey, how do you decide when you're going to say something, when it's off the record, you know, because like the teams don't always want certain things you say out. And he said, well, if they ask me or tell me it's off the record, then it's off the record. But if I don't get told it's off the record, then it's, it's open. So he probably knows a lot of stuff he doesn't talk about. I'd guarantee it how much I have no idea, but it seems like Nick, that Steve really is probably one of the, him and weeds, probably the two biggest guys that really are inside and maybe Anton too, that just, they're they're almost part of some of these teams. Yeah, um, I think Steve's in close to some teams, uh, and um, like you said, um, I think I think maybe even Swap Swap's close to a lot of guys. True, and, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's just a few of those guys that you know you they probably they earn trust over years, and you know you do they they're not in those positions of knowledge because because they just keep talking about everything they know you know you you have to have respect for uh if someone's willing to tell them something i'm sure they have you know they've got to be able to keep their mouth shut to uh go as far as they have in general and be as big as they are um without burning so many bridges right because just about you know just about anyone goes on the pulp show these days and uh yep. that just kind of goes to show that steve's not uh he's not just just throwing things out there just to uh get a rise out of the the fans or just to release stuff and be the first one to have a hot take or a hot drop on some knowledge. Um, it seems to me like, uh, you would have to, uh, get to the point of where, yeah, you're going to have to hold that back information almost all the time. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Hey, sometimes Steve, I've talked about this last few weeks about callers and not being a good caller. Some guys are not just, they call in and they don't, they're not prepared or they don't have it all locked in, but sometimes Steve gets some really good calls that lead to really good topics. AJ called in about riders blaming their bikes after they choose a setup. And he's, he said in the call, like, kind of makes them look bad, right? If they say, hey, this is my setup, and then I go ride, they go race it, and they're like, well, my setup sucked. They look bad. So let's listen to a little bit of that, and uh, I think Nick might have some thoughts on this. If you test and you set up the bike the way you want it, how, mu- how many times can you keep blaming the bike? I get bummed when you hear a rider blame the bike because you set the bike up. If you have an off-season and you're in-season and you work as much as these guys do and you get the bike set up and you're like, oh, it's so good, I have a really hard time accepting hearing otherwise. First off, you're not self-owning the issue, which is always what you should do. Own it, and you always will look better, even if it's not fully your fault. I think there's a philosophy out there that these guys think they can get a 100% perfect bike. Well, that, that was literally, I was biting my tongue. Okay. Yeah. I've been there as a mechanic, right? I've been, I've been uh, factory teams. This isn't road racing. 
The track changes every lap. Every Dirt lap. Dirt changes. You'll never, ever get a perfect working bike. And if the bike kicks you in a corner, don't hit that bump the next lap. If you kind of change your perspective and go, I'm looking for a 90 to 95% perfect bike, and the other 5 to 10 will be on me. I'll adjust. I'll move yeah. lines. I'll do something else. If you at least have yeah. that mentality first... You probably won't have the issues. Like JT's argument a few weeks ago on the pod was ridiculous. That Justin Cooper said, ah, my bike didn't work that well in the second moto. Come to find out, we know he's battling a thumb injury. And JT just bought it that the bike wasn't gonna wasn't working for him. And I'm like, one hour yeah. earlier, he smoked everybody. Yes. To, to claim bike setup after you won and smoked everybody is ridiculous. JT and I were having it out, of course, our, our annual bike or daily bike setup mm-hmm. issue. Uh, I just don't buy it. I just don't. I will not buy that fight. If you want to tell me about taking a massive, a huge brace out of the frame, then I'm down. Well, that's a big change. It's not comfort. It's feel. And that, again, that comes in the off season and all the work you do to get the bike to feel right from there there shouldn't be that dramatic of changes here and there and you should not be coming off the track after a bad moto and blaming your bike nick man uh you're a professional mechanic you deal with riders and set up week in and week out what are your thoughts on what they just said um i think steve and uh daniel are both kind of hitting the nail on the head and just kind of showing their their experience um that they've both been around for a while um obviously uh bike setup is not uh something that doesn't matter at all uh it's pretty pretty important especially like uh when it comes to supercross like we're talking about but um a strong baseline is everything and kind of like daniel was saying if you have a good off season um you know you, you should have a decent baseline uh and things shouldn't change too drastically from there uh i know like this year brock came on the team rather late and so we were changing things all the way through the year, and his bike was improving for him um, as we went, but that's because we didn't have those months to be ready. Um, so there are circumstances for everything, but uh, I think they kind of they kind of hit the nail on the head to where you can't have a perfect bike. This, we are riding on dirt. We're not on, um, you know, we're not we're not on concrete. We're, this isn't road racing, and uh, things are pretty dynamic. So you uh, you, you have a window you need to hit, but uh, some guys maybe do. Uh, have too narrow of a window they're looking for. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's just one of those things where uh, you can't blame it all on the bike all the time. But uh, there are circumstances where you know maybe some person is only trained on the East Coast or something, and and then they they're at a hard pack track. They they're at Hangtown and they feel like they're in left field, right? Um, mm-hmm, sure. So there are circumstances where you, you, you can't be ready for certain scenarios and your bike is going to feel a little bit, not the way it should because it's set up for something completely different. Um, but that's kind of the name of the game, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah, you're right. I, I just, I've always liked Daniel's opinion of that. Like get the bike, 90%, get it close, yep. and then race yep. it. And you got to figure it out because it's going to change. They said that. Uh, I, I think, obviously, I've never rode, raced, or wrenched at that level, but it certainly seems to be logical. Uh, Jeb, as a just a fan of the sport, watching the races, hearing the podium stuff, how do you feel about when a rider says, oh, the setup was off? You know, like, well, let's take Unadilla. That was the race in ta- in that Steve referred to where JT supposedly bought the setup to response. And that's not what happened in the review show. I have that audio. We'll play it in a minute. Um, but what do you think when you hear that, like 
you know, he kills it in Moto One, then he has a terrible Moto Two, Justin Cooper, and then he says, Well, the setup wasn't quite right. We should have made some changes. Does that drive you crazy? I mean, like Nick said, there's there's circumstances for everything and sure. and as a fan I'm sitting at home, who who am I to know that he's not telling the truth? Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, you're a professional athlete you can't blame something on the bike because then that's making your whole crew look bad. And if it is a lie, that's even worse. So that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You take that on yourself and then you go back to the truck. And if you need to have words with somebody, then you have them there. You you don't shout to the whole world. Hey, it's not my fault because I'm the one that you're seeing on the track. I'm the one, you know, you're the one that I'm seeing on, on the podium. So, you know, take it to the truck and have it out there, but take the blame on the podium because you are who everyone is seeing on TV, uh, on the podcast, you know, so uh, it doesn't really drive me crazy, but I can totally see how it drives other people crazy and especially mechanics. I mean, they're probably sitting with their hands up like, what are you talking about, man? Right, right. Now, Steve made a fantastic point in that review show and Monday night that, okay, an hour later, it was drastic. The bike, like the setup couldn't have changed. It couldn't have been off that bad, that drastically in an hour. I like that point. But I also, with what you just said, Jeb, I think on the podium, you definitely, the rider should be real careful about saying stuff like that. Like, you know, well, my bike sucked or my bike was off. But I do want to know that information in the press conference. I do want to know that information in the magazines when we're getting the details well we you know i don't know why i don't know how to distinguish the difference but i think on the podium <clears throat> the the casual fans don't need to hear that maybe there was something wrong with the bike because maybe they don't, they don't understand maybe they, they they may think oh well honda's a bad motorcycle because of what he just said but the readers of racer x and the people that are watching the press conferences I would think have a little more understanding. And then that at that point, I want a more in-depth answer, but I just, I don't know. I don't know how they draw the line exactly, but I don't like them. Just, I like what Daniel said, like take some of the blame, take some of it, say it was me. Even if it wasn't take some responsibility. I dug that as far as what I said about the review show, I'm going to play this. Um, I JT, in my opinion was not saying, Oh yeah, I believe it was fully, the setup. I feel like JT was saying it could have been the setup. It could have been partly true. But let's listen. You guys tell me what you think. I'm not as against the bike setup is a either good thing or bad thing. It affects the results like you are. So, Well, I, I, okay, it can affect results, but it can affect results where you are uh, that far back and you drop that far back. I don't, I don't, I don't believe so, no. Okay, he, so then what was it? Um, Steve, you he, know whenever they say that the bike setup wasn't right, it's, they're not personally attacking you, right? So just a hundred percent bike. No, that's where I'm you're just, at. I'm just saying you get very offended by that because comment. it's just it's it's silly to say it's the bike setup for that kind of ride. Okay, but what else are you going to point to? Like, why is he? Why wouldn't you just say like I didn't feel very good? I wouldn't ride very well, and I, I was, the track was sketchy, and I did, I wasn't feeling it. Wow, JT. Saying, so you're just saying these riders they just don't ever they just exactly no, I'm saying call it out. Like, hey, I I I banged the monster times. chick till three a.m. and I'm tired. I mean, well, you you. you you think the riders are totally truthful on the podium at all, at all times? But I, I, I'm just saying that sometimes the bike can be off. Uh, I hope he can improve the fitness. How are you going to win this title? Yeah, he's not in shape. You're right. Exactly what I said. He's not in shape. <laughs> Dude, you get arm pump. You start, you know, you get a little tense. You get arm pump. Whatever it is, man. You, you, 
You guys never seen that? It's not unheard of. Oh, no, I just I so just, it's all bikes. So mad. It's just all so bike. It. No, yeah, hates, it's all bike. He hates bike setup. He hates it. It's just the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> like they got you, they got you to win a moto, and one hour later, one hour later, you're a if minute eleven back. Win, That's who it. Who wronged you on bike setup? You just just you're you're just someone, so off. Yeah, JT, because. The way her- JT, because you were a rider and you sat there and blamed the bike for your performances <laughs> over and over. Like, yeah, I did that a lot. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. I'm the guy going, oh god, you know. Listen, we try. These are yours. This is your setup. Yeah, I was never the guy that was like, I'm just not very so, good. Right, never. <laughs> and the blame, the blame, the, the the greater blame pie is on Justin Cooper. Okay, in my opinion. So what is it then, Steve? Uh, maybe he got tired. Maybe you know got, he got tired. Arm pump. Tired, whatever. Yeah, I, it, 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 bikes, a bike setup's going to do that much. You're going to do that. I, you're going to go know. that I, far I'm off. I'm just saying. He, I don't think he got tired. I do not believe that that was the reason. I have not seen him get tired. I don't know if I've ever seen him get tired. Well, all right. He needs to train harder. I don't know. I don't know. He's no. Yeah. That, yeah. That's it. I, yeah. Uh, that, that's it. He's he's not in shape. That's what I'm saying. So just a hundred percent bike. No, that's where I'm you're just... at. Okay. So right there at the end, especially Nick, like JT. <laughs> JT, in my opinion, was saying, no, it's not necessarily 100% bike setup, as Steve sort of liked to kind of push that he did say. But he's just saying, like, well, it could have been. And he doesn't believe he was tired. He feels like Justin Cooper would have probably said if it was something else. But, like, I, I don't I don't feel – I just – I'm trying to have JT's back a little bit, even though he didn't have my back on my hair. But I, I think – I don't think he said – he was saying it's only setup. I think Steve's just trying to push that on him. Um, yeah, Steve's always trying to kind of poke jab, jab, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But, uh, also it's like, uh, Steve makes a pretty strong point about it only being an hour apart. Um, that's kind of a hard one to argue just cause I mean, in my experience, if things are going well on a certain track that the bike feels like it's where it needs to be, you don't drastically change it. Um, I don't know how much the track changed from one to another, but I mean, I think that holds some water. And um, JT's not wrong. Like it, the, there are times where bike bike setup goes left. Um, so yeah, I think it's somewhere in between where these two just kind of go at it, and I think that's where most things end up. Uh, it's somewhere right in the middle. Um, right. But but uh, I think Steve's in this specific scenario, Steve's opinion maybe holds a little more water. But. Um, just oh, because I, so many things remain consistent, right? Yeah. I, Steve's head, if he listens to this, is going to be like, see, see? Oh, uh, the worst. Jeb, what was funny to me in the whole and all that audio is Steve says, you know, earlier in the audio that he, he maybe he was tired, he looked tired. But then when Weege and JT keep busting his balls about, uh, oh, maybe he needs to train harder, he's like, yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. Like he was getting, he sounded like he was getting aggravated. He he, he wasn't taking it so well when it was coming back at him. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't. Um, and, and still, I mean, if we gave Justin the benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt, and the bike was a little bit off, we've seen that in guys, and and they may lose a couple spots or whatever. But I don't see Justin Cooper being 40 whatever seconds back just because his bike was a little bit off it just doesn't make sense so i take steve's side but yeah you do see steve get a little butt hurt sometimes (laughs) when he's throwing out the jabs and then someone brings it right back right 
All right, we're getting close to the end of this wrap-up show. we got another big topic to talk, talk about, a couple small things. Uh, but first up, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry since 1999. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Nick, uh, man, do you change a lot of fork seals? I, I'm sure you have a suspension guy, but I'm sure in your career you've had to change a few. I actually haven't had to change too many. Okay. Um, obviously, on my personal bikes, I have and some friends here and there, but uh, no, show it keeps us dialed in. And then uh, before that, race tech. So, um, yeah, I've uh, I've been pretty lucky as far as um, at, on the clock. I haven't really had to do uh, had to do much as far as uh, trying to clean some suspension oil off my hands. All right, all right. Well, I don't like changing fork seals, Jeb. I don't know about you, but for guys like us, if you want to save yourself some headaches. Visit sealsavers.com. Use promo code PULP25 to save. You wrap those things around the, the fork seals, uh, where, you know, where the fork seals are, and it keeps all the dust out, the dirt out. And, man, you're, you won't have to – you won't have leaky fork seals for a long, long time, if ever. And if you got side-by-sides, they've got you protected there, too. Visit sealsavers.com. All right, this is the one I think where everybody was waiting for. Pulpamex versus Gypsy Tails. Steve versus Jace. A WWE retirement match, loser has to leave the business. Okay, that might be a little far-fetched, right? But uh, Jace McAlpine, um, I've only listened to a couple Gypsy Tail shows. I thought they're pretty good. I like what he's doing. Uh, but we, we know that there's been a little bit of drama between the shows, mainly, I think, because Gypsy Tales has used some clickbait-type stuff, or at least that's what Steve feels like, that where he mentions... Pulpamex and his stuff, and Steve had a little bit of a problem with that. Uh, they talk about it, and I don't know how I feel afterwards, but here's the audio. I got bent out of shape because I felt like there's this guy in Australia that has American Riders on, and he keeps bringing me up as an example, or the rider will bring me up, but then you'll sort of develve, delve into the into the conversation, whether it's yeah. uh, Ricky, whether it's Anderson, whether it's Josh Hill, and there may be more, but those are three off the top of my head, that... Yeah. I, I get brought up as, quote-unquote, bad media, right? As, dude, I can't believe the media is so hard on you. I don't know you personally. We've never met. First of all, we have met multiple times. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> when? Why, when have we in, met? In, hey, at the fucking races. <laughs> where? Seriously, and where? Like, ev- like every fucking race ever between, like, 2012 and 2017. Oh, fuck. So now I feel like an asshole. The first time I remember mentioning you on the podcast was the Josh Hill thing. And that thing actually, like, that did piss me off. Because when he said that he got called a stoner by you before he'd ever smoked weed, and then he had to go on these drug policies and drug protocols uh, at Yamaha as a result of what you said, I was like, that's pretty fucked up. And I do stand by that. But I would say that as a journalist, if you uh, get a fact like that wrong, um, then I would say that is bad media. What I did call, I called him and Jason Lawrence Cheech and Chong. Because <laughs> not from, and honestly, and not so much because of the weed stuff. Obviously, that's the connotation. But that's where it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But more because, like, they're just buddies. They were hanging out with each other, right, all nonstop. And, yeah. Well, they call yeah. him Batman and Robin. 
to get something like that wrong to a kid like that left the imprint on on him you know a hundred percent there are things that i've said that i regret i think we all have that in our life i don't care how old he is mm-hmm. he is a professional athlete making hundreds of thousands of dollars and if he chooses to piss this away with poor decisions and mm-hmm. I, my job in the media is I, I, listen i'm not going to be like oh he's 16 like I, my job is to report on the sport again i come at somebody with with shit like that as a journalist you should want to have facts i feel like if you're gonna go on a youtube channel get your facts somewhat in order that when do like facts... like josh hill smoking weed but i didn't say he smoked weed i did not say josh and hill and smoked weed i called him cheech and chong <laughs> now no 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 but that but that but no no listen we all know what the what the ref what the inference is right we all mm-hmm. know that nick this is one of those things okay first of all jace brought it like right he he's he said what he believes. He didn't back down. I got to give him respect for that. Um, he called out Steve for some things that he felt were an issue. So props for that. That's not always easy to do when you come on somebody else's show. Um, and Steve, you know, Steve had his thoughts, and you could tell that they weren't on the same page. But I, and that's why I said I don't really know how I feel about it afterwards because I don't feel like it got anywhere. But it, it was cool to hear, though. I think I have respect for them both for doing it. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where they were going to have to, at some point, agree to disagree. Yeah, um, yep. It wasn't going to come to a full-on, like, well, okay, sounds good, buddy. I mean, they can go on, and they can be cordial, and they can be mutual, and maybe even, you know, be whatever you want to call it, friends, acquaintances, whatever, down the road. But um, I think in this one instance, it is going to be something where they're going to agree to disagree on on. Uh, just the differences they had coming into the interview. Um, maybe they can leave those aside leaving it, but um, I think that's where it's at. Um, I got to give, you know, plenty of respect to Jace, especially for uh, having Josh's back. I, uh, I worked for Justin for a year and uh, I personally, I think very highly of the Hill family in general. They're, they're great people. And uh, Josh is an awesome dude. And so uh, it's cool to, uh, to have Jace have his back, but um Obviously, Steve's comments are always a little tongue-in-cheek, and, uh, you know, people people take themselves seriously, especially when you are a professional, like he's saying, um, Joshua. So I think, you know, things get to people, and so you do have to watch what you say and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was very interesting back and forth. They both stood their ground, and uh, I, I enjoyed Gypsy Tales, too. Um, and obviously, I listened to Pulp you know, religiously right. basically. So, um, it was cool to, uh, even see who was coming on. I was like, Oh, this should be interesting. And, and it proved to be, but, uh, yeah, I think like you said, it's one of those things where you just gotta, you gotta have the respect. And then, uh, also, uh, they, they managed to, um, get their, get their thoughts out in the air, air the grievances a bit and, uh, still keep it, keep it cordial and, uh, have, have constructive conversation. Right? Yeah. There was a couple of times where Jace would say something, uh, like you got it wrong or and I was, I, I was expecting Steve to maybe react, even if it was just visually while watching YouTube is like the fuck I did. And, and he yeah. was very professional about it. And again, you have to give him credit to, uh, Je- uh, uh, Nick, because he doesn't have to have Jason. He doesn't right. have to have Hopper on who he's off, you know, put the, the offer out to have on. Right. He doesn't have to have Jason Anderson who he doesn't really like so much or Ricky Carmichael who in the past he didn't like, but he right. does. And there's respect for that, right? He's it's, it's important. It's part, it's relevant. And he will talk to these guys and that's, 
I, I mean, that's commendable, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons we all like Steve is he doesn't he doesn't shy away from anyone um, who, who's going to question what he thinks or believes. He's going to stand up for himself, and yeah, uh, that's that's something we all like about Steve. And then he's also not going to yeah, he's not gun shy by any means. He's like, come on and talk to me. Let's let's you know, attach it out. And uh, he's a pretty he's settled a lot of uh he's buried some beef over the years we'll put it that way sure yeah um shout out to him for that and uh yeah it was just another one of those things where it was like uh it was interesting to see kind of the confrontation build without an explosion it was they they both kept it pretty pretty well professional without uh rolling over for the other guy absolutely it was uh interesting to see them both just definitively take a hard line in the sand and then just move on and have a good conversation. So that's cool. Absolutely. Uh, Jeb, um, how do you, how'd you feel about it? Like, okay. I, I touched on earlier that to me, the pulp mech show is entertainment. And then when Steve does his racer X articles or he does the review show, that's more of like the new stuff, but there has to be a fine line because he is considered a professional journalist but when he when he says the Cheech and Chong thing, he admits all the time that he sort of based the show or used the plat the the, the um like the 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 Howard Stern show as a template a little bit. So he makes jokes. Cheech and Chong sort of a joke, although it does sort of have that uh, ref- reference to pot. Right, that's what you think of. So. It's kind of hard to find that line, but when I hear stuff on the Pulp Mix show, I don't take it super, super serious, but you can kind of see that it did affect somebody else. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel the same way. Uh, I I don't take things super seriously. And most of the time I can kind of read, you know, if he's being super serious or not. And again, with the pulp show, you know, that's his entertainment show. He has these other shows that are more serious where he's probably not going to say something like that. Right. And, and, and how can, (laughs) yeah, you never know, but, but along the same lines with entertainment, you know, you have Hopper and these other guys like, uh, Kawasaki's taking away Tomax parts and then you want to call that entertainment yet Steve can't take a little joking jab you know what you know what I mean sure like yeah good point I, I don't really understand it but as far as the whole interview goes when I first heard that the Gypsy Tales was going to be on my jaw literally dropped um because I've only listened to one of his shows it was the Hopper episode uh just because of everything that was going on and um I have to commend Steve for, for keeping it classy and Jace too, um, because most people wouldn't able to been able to do that. I mean, I really thought that it was going to go full David Billman on there. Yeah. I thought it escalate. And I, I was kind of bummed because I think it would have, if Steve would allowed callers to call in, I really do think they would have got to that point. Well, he didn't, he didn't not allow them. It was because of the connection and he had to FaceTime them. So it took, it took the phone system out, I think. But, um, but yeah, it probably you might be right because on YouTube there was definitely some um, Gypsy Tales versus Pulp Mech shit going on. There were some guys on there that were Gypsy fans, and they were Australians, you know. And they were yeah, there was a little bit of back and forth on the, the YouTube channel for sure. Uh, all right, a couple more things. I haven't even touched on Ryan Dungey, and if I'm being honest, I'm just not a big big fan of Ryan Dungey interviews. This thing. I know Marks said, and I think you touched on this earlier, Nick, 
it was Marx that said, hey, it's better than most of the other interviews with him. Ryan's getting better. He's be- he was better this time. I just don't get excited about his interviews. It's just he doesn't give me anything. Um, so I'm going to go to you first, Nick. Was there anything with Ryan Dungey that stood out, anything that really was interesting? Um, well, he's kind of got the new thing going with TV, um, and that was pretty cool to hear him and Daniel talk about that a little bit. And uh, just Daniel having experience in that, talking about his growth and how he could he could see, you know, someone with kind of a keen eye to that could see him growing. And that kind of brought a different uh, element to Ryan's interview. And, um, yeah, I just thought uh, – I thought that was kind of my favorite part is those two talking back and forth about something that we don't always hear two people that are on the inside of talking yeah. about. Uh, that, that's a big part of our industry, you know. Like everyone everyone who watches the broadcast is, is – is witnessing that, but Daniel's got a different eye to it, so it's interesting to see. Okay, I see. I I I thought it was funny when Daniel was like, "Yeah, you can't take my job. I've got kids to feed." But like, <laughs> I thought it was funny because I was like, "That's never going to happen." In my opinion, Ryan Dungey's not very good on the mic. He's just that's my opinion. I don't know that I even see him get any better personally, and it's not, I'm not trying to bash Ryan Dungey. I just don't think he's very good at that. That's not his calling, in my opinion. But. um and again, not bashing him. And his interview was better. Uh, Jeb, did you listen to the classic wrap up I did a couple of weeks ago that Ryan Dungey was on? I didn't know. Okay. Well, in that interview, he was on for about 20 minutes, and it was 2016. And he said, You know, I don't have my notes in front of me, but he said, You know, I think 168 times in 20 minutes. I didn't hear him say, you know, one single time in this interview. So maybe he really is working on his speaking skills um, because it was insane in that interview in 2016. But Jeb, what did you think, man? Was there anything with Ryan Dungey that you liked? Or I mean, I, I did like him talking about the loss at Lomo and, at MXDN and like how it affected him. So I thought that was kind of cool. So I, I should take re, rephrase how I said it. But I don't get very excited on Ryan Dungey's interviews. What about you? Yeah, I have to agree with you. He, I don't either, and and I agree that this one was better. Um, and I think part of that is Ryan Dungey is so professional that and again, nice. he's too. Yeah, he's so nice. Yeah. He won't even really joke about other people. Right. Right. Again, with the entertainment. I mean, and I think a big part of his his interviews that I've heard at least that they're always the same and kind of repetitive, talking about coffee talking about what what he's doing. And this did have uh, some more things in it that were different. And I think that is what made it better. Okay. And, and and I think he does a great job uh, track side. Um, I really do. And I I think he has gotten a little better, but I I have to agree. And I'm not bashing on him either. I mean, the the guy has done more (laughs) than I'll ever do on a dirt bike. Yes. Amazing career. Absolutely. So, you know, and and I have to commend him, you know, as far as his work ethic out of moto, I mean, he's done a great job and and I like the guy you you've got to commend him for everything, but I'm like you, I don't, I don't get very excited uh, about his interviews, but uh, maybe you dark side, maybe you can get him on and, and bring it out of him just like you did uh, <laughs> Eli? with Eli Tomac. Yeah. Oh, yeah. greatest Eli Tomac interview I've ever heard. Thank no you. Doubt. Thank you. I appreciate it. I have honestly had a number of people message me, DM me that that was one of the best ones they've ever had on the Moto X pod show, pony pod, whatever you want to call it. 
I have had John, I had Ryan on about mm, five months ago, four months ago, when he was really he was making a huge push with the RD Coffee, and he was on every podcast. And I did do things a little different. I I don't know if it was one of the best, but I just took a ton of listener questions and didn't even talk about his racing that much. I did like just whatever the listener questions was. So I thought it was fun. But anyway, enough about my show. Sorry, Steve. Don't don't clippy clippy me, please. Uh, last couple things. I brought up the callers earlier. We did have a caller that got hung up on. It's the first time in a long time. But Dylan called it not not super fan Dylan, not Eli super fan Dylan, but another Dylan. And it was um 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 how, how's how you guys doing tonight? And then Steve was out. He hung up. And I, I, I kind of think you might have to start doing that more, Steve. Man, if some of these calls, like the guy I talked about earlier, I think it was AJ uh, that called in about the Justin Cooper bike setup thing. That dude had a good question. He asked it clearly. He got to the point, and then he was quiet while they responded. That's how you do it. So, yeah, I, I like the hang up. I was pretty stoked on that. Felt bad. Yeah. For, felt bad for Dylan a little bit because it's not. It's scary. It's kind of scary when you call in. And you're not used to it. But you got to get your shit together. Yeah, the man sounded intoxicated to me. That is true. Know. That is true. Yeah. yeah, I think Steve's like, I don't need this at this time in the show. Right. I, I, yeah. And, and then TJ called in asking about Supercross Futures, and that information has been it's dropped. Feld's dropped that since Monday night. That was my TJ. That was my producer. So anybody that cares, he uh, his, his son races. His son races the futures. He's an A class guy now, and so he was questioning about that. So that information is out there. Eagle Grit is now distributed through WPS. So you can go to any of your local. Should be able to go to any of your local dealerships and ask them for Eagle Grit through WPS. The stuff is bar on the best hand cleaner I've personally ever used. The wipes are fantastic. I I use that thing to clean my air back box out when it gets all gunky. I use the wipes. So oh, okay. go, What's that? That's a good idea. Yeah, they're really good, man. They're awesome. They clean your tools. If your, your wrenches get all greasy, their wipes are fantastic. Uh, I know he sent a couple bottles when uh, when he first got into the Eagle Grit thing. I, yeah. I got a hold of him. I was like, hey, get a hold of Daniel. See if we can try that. And it is, it is good stuff. It's very good. I, I love it. So it's a, I truly believe in it. Um, last thing here, Jeb, I asked you to give us some future headlines. Give us your best one. I know you said you had three. Give us your best one. Okay, can I touch on one thing about the caller real quick? Absolutely. I, I, I think I can kind of relate to that as me just being a fan. I've only called in one time. So for me, man, I was super pumped just to get on the show. It, it was like being a kid and calling into a radio contest while you're, while you're going down the road. Yeah. And so I can kind of relate to that. I mean, as, as far as this is a big show, like it's a big deal to me. Um, and so I feel like, when people call in and get kind of choked up, I, I kind of feel for them, but you know, like the kid one time, the dad was on the phone and, and <laughs> yeah. trying to give his kid a chance to talk. But again, the circumstances, I do think this guy, uh, Monday night was a little in- intoxicated. So yeah, I, I think Steve does a good job for the most part, as far as, as handling those things, but, but man, he's I can been totally lax. understand it. He's been a little yeah, lax lately. Like, two weeks ago, he had a call, that was babbling on, and I even texted him, like, dude, you should have hung up. And he's like, yeah, I should have. It was bad. But the kid won, like, last year or the year before. Like, I felt that was – he should not have hung up on the kid, man. Let the kid – it's a kid. But yeah. with what you're saying, you're right, man. When you call in, like, thank, I, like I found 
speaking of the classic wrap-up I did a few weeks ago, it was episode 239 was the classic wrap-up show. It was three or four weeks ago when Steve was off during the two weeks off. I found my very first call, which was actually in 2016. I played it on that classic wrap-up show. If you get a chance, go back and listen to it. I called in and asked, like I was embarrassed by it because I called in and asked a mechanical question, Nick. I was like, look, dude, I've got this old pro circuit uh, muffler that I cannot get the packing in. Is there any tricks to it? And he gave me a little bit of information. And I remember that. He was telling you to like, tape it. Or- yeah, yeah. That was 2016, January, yeah. I think. And um, funny enough, I don't know if I told this on here. That was like two weeks before Dallas that year. And uh, what I ended up doing is I, I still never got the packing in. I just could not get it compressed enough. So I got frustrated, and I called Pro Circuit the next day. And whoever answered the phone was like, dude, did you call into Pulp MX last night? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, just send it to us. And they fixed it for free because they oh, listened awesome. to Pulp. So That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then I met Steve for the first time a couple weeks later at Dallas, and I told him that story. I'm sure he doesn't remember. But the power of Pulp, man. I called in the very first time, used my real name, Jamie. Wasn't even dark side in that call. And oh, wow. I got a free uh, exhaust, basically rebuild, or, you know, repacking, and they sent it back. So the power of Pulp MX, man, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, good. awesome. Okay, as I <laughs> mentioned. My first, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Nope, go ahead. Yeah, my first call, uh, at, you know, and look where it's got me. So yep. <laughs> I can kind of relate to that, too. You did a good job, man. You did a good job. So now you're on the wrap-up show, and uh, hopefully – Maybe maybe at some point you'll get your maybe you'll get a manscape unless Heather Kiefer says no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, hey, I want to thank all the Pulpamex wrap up show sponsors, including Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Motosport.com, as well as Seal Savers, and all the other sponsors of the Pulpamex Empire: Fly Racing, X Brand Goggles, Race Tech, uh, Manscape, everything you can think of. Visit PulpamexShow.com. Click on the sponsor deals tab. There are links, discount codes there. Use them. Support this show. That's how Steve gets paid enough money to buy the mansion that's only 200 square feet bigger than the last mansion. But it also is how he gets to the races. It's how he puts these shows on. It's how he pays me to do this show. So support the damn sponsors. And if there's a sponsor that you know of that you don't see a discount code, contest at pulpmexshow.com. That'll go to him. He'll, he'll try to hook you up if he can. Uh, other than that, guys, oh, and if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, complaints about this show, darkside at pulpmex.com. I'll, I'll read the damn things on the air if you send me something. I don't care if it's bad. Uh, send it. But any other than that, Nick, any thoughts before we go? Anything that stood out that we didn't touch on? Mm, trying to rack my brain. Um, no, just I, I had a lot of laughs during the show. It was a pretty funny one, just Daniel and together just kind of give me chuckles quite a bit so uh um yeah that's kind of all i got just as summaries is uh yeah good show and uh it uh it had a stacked guest list yes it did as, uh, yes. it had a good good variety a little bit of retired guys a little bit of current writers a little bit of fellow podcasters it was uh it was an all over the place show i i liked it I liked it too, man. I got I got a lot of airtime on that one. That was good. That's good for me. Yeah, double dark side call. <laughs> yeah, the dark side yeah. MX show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he said at the end. I, I actually put that clip in the beginning of the show where he's like, it "Should just be called the fucking dark side, the fucking pony pod, or whatever." He said, "Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah." I like that. Let's change the name. Um, Jeb, you man, anything that we didn't touch on that was 
you know, that stood out? No, no, not that comes right off the top of my head, Dark Side. I just want to reiterate how thankful I am for for you letting me come on this show, man. It, it takes, you know, you didn't have to do that, and I feel that you've approached Pulpamex with a, a great amount of respect, and I, I really uh, respect that and appreciate you uh, for letting me come on here, man. I, I do want to end with with my uh, future headline. I'll just yeah, ask, yeah, damn, I ask forgot. It to you. I almost forgot. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> shit. I was like, man, I really wanted to say this yeah, one. If shit. I, could. I would have been really upset if I had hung up and then like, oh, <laughs> damn it. Let's do uh, it. Let's... All right. All right. Here we go. The Moto X pod show explodes to the top of Moto esque pod shows or main event Moto goes Ryan Villa Poto and smokes Pulp MX. Oof. Uh, Ooh, that was a good or also. That was a very good or. That's why I, very I, good I, I giggled. Nick, that you go first, man. Than, oh, man. And, um, and, hey, listen, I, uh, you won't hurt my feelings. Give me your honest answer. Well, he, I don't know. I, I think Daniel's got his hat in too many baskets, right? Like, yep. Because he's doing Eagle Grit. He does another podcast i think that isn't even a moto one he's announcing they, they like actually did away with that the main main show oh, they, that was yeah oh, that they was, did that was pretty much producer joe and nick anyway and they they yeah they stopped doing it okay so well there's that um i don't know man i listen to them both i don't know what to tell you i'm not i'm i'm going uh, jt you can't waffle dude I'm you not, gotta pick i'm one. not i'm not playing your garbage game steve that's i'm, I'm, Damn I'm it, jt I'm, I'm going jt on this yeah yeah no okay. one cares about your time steve well, I'm going to go with the Moto X-Pod one, not because that's my show, but because main event's not going to top Pulp MX. I mean, I don't think even Danny would say think that it would. He's Well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. so I'm going to go with the first one based off the fact that Pulp is the, the bar, and I don't think any of these shows anytime soon are going to surpass that. Steve continues to improve, although the audio quality of the last few weeks since the new house has been a bit of a struggle we know he's going to get it right, and uh, he's going to continue to make improvements and do more things to make it better, and we're going to just be chasing him. But um, but I'm still going with number one, uh, Jeb. But thanks, man. I know you had a couple more, and hopefully Steve will uh, get some more on the, the Pulp Show in the near future because it's fun, man. I love it. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I, I, thanks again for having me. It, yes, sir. It was a lot of fun, man. And, Nick, good to talk to you too, man. Uh, hope yeah, you nice guys have a good you. year. For sure. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Swing by the rig at the races, say hi, shake my hand, we'll have a conversation. So. I will, man. Thank you. All right, guys. Next other year. than that, that's a wrap. Next week, uh, Phil Nicoletti, Amart in studio with the Pulp Show, Checkers and A-Ray on the wrap-up show. Other than that, it's a wrap. We're out. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Yeah.